You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Hi, and welcome back to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad that you are joining me and hopping on this episode with me today. I'm going to talk about the downside to trying to be a minimalist. And I would know, (laughs) I've spent years blogging about the topics of clutter-free living and minimalism and just different, all the levels in between, you know, having mounds of clutter and trying to minimize to the very bare minimums. There's a whole spectrum that different people, you know, find their happy balance, their happy place in. There's not a, a one size fits all type of thing. And so I personally have tried various levels in that spectrum as well for myself. I've never been like a super hoarder type just in general, but I've tried different spectrums on the minimalist, you know, different different points on the minimalist spectrum. And I, it got to the point, honestly, to where I don't really like being identified as a minimalist, even to fellow business owners who will try to introduce me to their audience or something. And when they use the word like modern minimalism teacher, it uh, it kind of uh, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. And the reason is because like I know what it is to practice minimalism and clutter-free living. And I understand the the ideals behind it and all of that good stuff. But a lot of people out there don't. A lot of people out there will hear that word and they'll immediately like go to one end of the spectrum and hold their ground there and turn it into a negative thing. And it can cause people to just shut their brains off as soon as they hear a word like that because it sounds so extreme. Well, when I first started looking into this whole scope of minimalism and clutter-free living and, you know, eco-friendly, it all kind of bleeds together. The slow living, simple living, eco-friendly, minimalism, all of these topics, you'll you'll find there's a lot of overlap and a lot of people will cover multiple same ones. So I was watching this YouTube video once and I can't remember who the YouTuber was, but I remember that the topic she was talking about on that particular episode was things that I no longer buy now that I'm a minimalist. And, you know, I watched the video. It was fine. Nothing really stood out in my head. But I started looking at the comments afterwards. And I remember one comment stands out to me that some lady had said, she's not even a true minimalist because you see she's got that picture on her wall. She had like some picture piece of art that was on her wall behind her in this video while she was talking. And otherwise, the rest of her space looked very clear and very minimized. But there was this picture back there. And, you know, reading through all the other comments, it's like you could see that there was a very distinct grouping of people who felt that minimalism was only extreme minimalism. Like that was the only kind that there was like uh, ascetic lifestyle where you only own the things that you absolutely need in order to survive and you can live out of a backpack. And that is one version of minimalism. Certainly there are and have been in the past minimalists who choose to live out of a, a backpack and travel around and or are denouncing all of their possessions, whether it's for religious reasons or whatever, you know, like there there are different levels along the spectrum. 
but this extremist viewpoint has a long reach. So even people who don't really have a strong opinion about clutter-free living or minimalism will oftentimes have a negative reaction just because that connotation in the back of their mind is still closely related to an extremist viewpoint of the term or the lifestyle. And so because of this undercurrent of extremism, when it comes to clutter-free living or calling yourself a minimalist or trying to be a minimalist, I personally feel just from observing and, you know, living in this world for the past five years, this world of teaching people about minimalism, learning about minimalism, just being in the landscape, I personally feel like this under tone or undercurrent of extremism has leached a lot of the personality from this whole community to where everything is just expected to be calm and serene and blank and white and just kind of like some perfect serene existence leached of personality. And what I've seen that then do, since that is kind of the landscape of the community and the education around the topic of clutter-free living and minimalism, I'm seeing people who are trying to be minimalist, who are trying to minimize their stuff and live with less, getting a little lost and leeching their own personality out of their own stuff and then feeling even more lost because of it. I've told this story before, but I don't think I have on the podcast, but I remember reading this subreddit once. It was some kind of a a minimalist living um, subreddit, and this one guy was saying, you know, I it doesn't feel good being a minimalist. He said that, you know, he used to really be into gaming. He was a big gamer. He had a bunch of um, figurines and stuff that decorated his room. He had a bunch of graphic t-shirts with some of his favorite gaming people on it. And when he tried to become minimalist, he got rid of all of that stuff. He got rid of all of the things that he really identified with and the things that he liked. And he traded all of his shirts out for things that were gray or black or white and stayed with this, you know, minimalist color palette. And he was describing how difficult it was for him now to even meet new people because before he would have people come up to him because they identified with something that he was wearing and maybe a conversation would start over one of his graphic t-shirts. And he wasn't a very outgoing person. He said he was more of an introverted person. So he relied on you know, some of his style, I guess you could say, to be like an identifying beacon to other people around him that were like him, like his like-minded people. And it was sad and I felt bad for him. And also, I could relate to feeling similarly when I first started trying, and I put this in quotes, trying to be minimalist, because I feel like that's where the issue is, is that people are trying to identify with a word and this connotation behind the word, whatever they think it means, instead of just trying to get the benefits of a clutter-free lifestyle, which looks different for everybody. So that's that's kind of the point of what I'm getting out here. But well, again, when I first started looking into this whole lifestyle and I was trying out different things and learning what's what, I remember trying, you know, struggling with the same things. Like, is it okay if I keep this when it looks like such and such? Or do I really need these other things? Sure, I like them, but they're excess. Let's get rid of them. And it was this whole, um, this whole confusion around my belongings and what I even wanted. It was very just kind of ambiguous, no clarity. And the reason is because I was trying to be minimalist. 
I wasn't trying to necessarily just achieve the positive benefits of less consumption and owning less things that are going to take my time and energy and really focusing in on creating, which is what I do now, focusing in on creating, you know, happy spaces that really support me and bring me happiness, which I know includes clutter-free spaces and lacking in excess that's going to drive you mad. But at the same time, it's not a lifestyle that's just focused on constantly purging. And that's the other downside to trying to be minimalist that I see over and over again, is that people get in this trap or loop of obsessively purging and confusing it with some weird socially acceptable perfectionism. And perfectionism itself is really a miserable state of mind to be in, to be constantly trying to achieve and attain some perfect anything, perfect number of belongings or perfect space or just this this idea of being a perfect person and achieving this thing that doesn't exist. It's really a miserable existence. And it's not at all what actually living a clutter-free lifestyle is about. And this quest for perfectionism brings us to the third downside to trying to be minimalist, which is negative relationships due to this tension or refusal to find common ground. Usually it's with things like gifts, but it could be with, you know, romantic relationships with your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend or other people who live in the house with you. It could be from, you know, giving gift giving family members and friends. And just this whole kind of tense, haughty attitude of, you know, well, don't you understand? I'm trying to be minimalist. And here's the thing. Like, yes, you need to have boundaries. Yes, you do need to be able to have conversations with people, whether it's people you live with or people that you know, especially if they're impacting your environment. But the tone and the method and, you know, like the heart of where you're coming from when you have these conversations is going to impact whether that conversation makes this a negative relationship with extra tension or just another conversation. Which brings me to the fourth downside that I tend to see with people who are trying to become minimalist. And that is they sometimes make a bigger deal out of things than those things actually are worth. Here's an example. Somewhere along my journey of decluttering and downsizing our stuff, came this point where I was faced with Gracie's jacket. Gracie's my youngest daughter. She had this purple jacket at the time that she wore constantly. It gets really cold and rainy here in Portland, and she's a very small, petite girl. And she was in younger elementary school. I can't remember how old, but she had this purple jacket that had started to turn more brown than purple. And I made it my life's mission to get rid of this purple jacket. It was every time we would go to the store, I would go over to the jacket section and start talking up some other jackets to her like, ooh, you know, these look really nice. I bet they would be warm and cozy and not brown. But she wasn't having any of it. She was very attached. It was very sentimental to her, something she wore all the time. She even wore it to sleep. So she was really attached to this jacket and she was not even opening her mind to the possibility of exchanging it for a better jacket. It didn't matter if it was more expensive or if it was nicer. She just wanted her own jacket. So eventually, this was a lesson for me, eventually, I had to just let that go. It wasn't a big deal, right? I I came to the conclusion 
that winter doesn't last forever. Eventually, summer would be here, and she would no longer be wearing a jacket. And even if that wasn't the case, eventually she would outgrow this jacket because she was growing at a really fast rate at that point anyway. So, you know, I decided that it was not worth my headache and her trauma for me to try to take this jacket away, even though I didn't like looking at it and it seemed dirty. I just had to move on and focus my attention other places. And that was a big learning point for me. Like, I realized at that point how obsessed I had become about the stuff, about just getting the stuff out the door. And that it was actually causing me to be more frustrated than it was actually doing good inside of our home. And I think, you know, this is part of that whole experimenting process. When you first start learning what's right and what's the right amount for you and your family and your home, and you're creating those spaces, part of that is experimenting, maybe pushing yourself too far and realizing, you know what, that's not necessary. I don't need to push myself that far. I'm going to pull it back a little bit. So learn from my mistakes and your own endeavors to become clutter-free, to watch out for these pitfalls, these four downsides to trying to become minimalist that I've seen people try to do over and over again. The first one, I'm just going to, I'm going to point them out to you so you can put them like a beacon in your brain as you go about your own path. The first one is don't let it leach away your own personality and your own character. There's no one size fits all. There's nothing you have to be. You don't have to change who you are in order to own less stuff. Number two, obsessively purging and confusing minimalism with perfectionism. There is no perfect thing. You shouldn't be purging things constantly all day long, every day. If you are, then you got a little bit of obsession going on there. Number three, allowing your relationships to become negative due to tension or refusal to find common ground, whether it's with space or with gifts. It's not worth the negative relationships. Let's try to take a little bit of a lighter approach to these conversations we're having with people. And number four, making things a bigger deal than they actually are. And just remember my jacket story. We're not going to get fixated on any one thing. It's just going to hold up your progress anyway. So no making things a huge deal if really it's just a little molehill. All right. So hopefully those four things will help you out in your own journey. I will catch you here next week. Same time, same place. Catch you later.